Hey everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is Snap Judgment. Snappy Jay's back on a Tuesday. The defensive line uh, kind of had to take a backseat for Ohio State after this training camp. Uh, morning with the Buckeyes. They, uh, Evan Pryor news takes a little precedence. Ohio State uh, will be without that uh, dynamic, versatile uh, running back, playmaker, do-it-all secret weapon. Uh, he's got a knee injury. He will miss all of this season. Uh, that was confirmed after a practice injury on Monday. A tough blow there for the depth of the Buckeyes and a tough blow for a kid who was really making a lot of moves. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Wood. Let's, there's nowhere else to start but right there. What does it mean that Evan Pryor is no longer part of this Buckeyes roster for this season? You know, I, I don't know what it does to impact the the offense. You know, obviously they have weapons all over the place. It it, it does. You never want to see a guy get hurt, but it but it, it makes it. It makes you feel even worse for a guy like Evan when he really seemed to be kind of on the uptick. And we've talked about him a lot. I think we all thought he was going to do something for this offense this year, whether that was as a pass-catching threat out of the backfield, obviously get, getting the ball handed off to him. He just he had an explosive element to him that I think this offense could have found a way to use, and now they're not going to be able to. The offense, I think, will still be very good, but I'm sure in that building, you know, they, they had designs on, on ways to get him involved, and now you have to basically scrap that from the playbook because I don't know – if there's another guy you'd even consider putting in similar roles to him. I think we talked about him this last three weeks more than we've ever talked about a third-string tailback coming into a season with national championship expectations where he wasn't expected to be in the heavy rotation carrying the football. But obviously, it was a guy that had a, a pretty specifically carved-out role in the offense. And the reason that this hurts is because I don't know that there's anyone else on the roster that has the skill set that he does to fit in that spot. Now, this is an opportunity for someone like Caleb Brown, the true freshman, to maybe get an opportunity. He played a lot of running back in high school. You might see him more in that role. Xavier Johnson, I think, is the one guy that we kind of are all sort of leaning to is like, who could that be? Because even though he's a walk-on wide receiver at this point, he's still the fifth or sixth or seventh wide receiver, depending on how things shake out there. And he does have that versatility that not a lot of the other guys have. So I think it's just about now it's it's a really unfortunate loss for Evan Pryor, who, again, heading into his redshirt freshman year, like there were big expectations for him personally. I know that from talking to him. And, and now just how, how do you find someone to fit that role? Because it is, it's not the, the position that's going to make or break the offense, but it's just one of those extra elements to the offense that you're like, now you got to prepare for this. And so that's, that's sort of, the, I think, the real, the real loss there. Yeah, I never, I never like to start it by the dehumanizing what they're going through because Evan Pryor – didn't have that first year on campus the way he wanted to. And then to have this second setback as a sophomore, that hurts. And the real person is hurting, and the running back room is hurting, and Tony Alford is hurting. When you zoom out to look at what this means for Ohio State's offense as a whole, Evan Pryor was still going to be a luxury item. Yeah. He was not a play-in, play-out necessity for Ohio State to reach their ceiling. He made the offense much more dangerous. So we've got a number of questions. Well, does... The depth is a little bit thinner, of course. You still have Trevion Henderson and Mayan Williams and then Dallin Hayden making some plays pretty much every time he steps on the field in scrimmage setting. You're you're relatively okay. So we got a number of questions about, well, Steel Chambers, Chip Trainum, they both played running back. That's not going to be necessary. Ohio State is not in an emergency situation at this point at tailback, and that's a starting linebacker yeah. and probably the third maybe right. fourth linebacker. You found fourth a gift. Line. You found a gift at linebacker a year ago when Steel Chambers got moved. A a surprise like, "Oh my gosh, we just lucked into this." You're not going to take the second best linebacker on a team of that's going to play two linebackers and take him off the field and put him at running back to be the third string tailback. 
right? Yeah, correct. Maybe like maybe like in the power situations, maybe at the goal line. What do you think about that? Ooh, okay. I think they should give the ball to Donovan Jackson in oh those situations. Par- par- I put in the tape package. Well, Paris Johnson, <laughs> walking off the field, Paris Johnson told me that the news of the day is that he is now the emergency running back. Mm. Uh, he said that he feels like he's a larger Derrick Henry. So at that point, I think you just have to give him the ball. That sounds right. I don't actually know if he's larger than Derrick Henry. <laughs> Derrick Henry's pretty big. He is pretty big. Um, any, other, any other things to add to the fact that these linebackers are – not going to be moved anytime soon. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just that like Steel Chambers is not a depth piece at linebacker. Right. If he if he were, then maybe you consider it. If he were if this were last year, maybe you consider it. Now that we know what he is, what we think he can be, and his standing in this defense, like ain't gonna happen. And and same deal with, with Trip Trainum. He's too valuable, I think, to the defense. And he's put be. on like twenty five pounds. Yeah, that too. Yeah. If 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 yeah. the depth got knocked down beyond what it is right now and you're into the middle of the season and you think, how could Ohio State possibly address this? That's when you would have a conversation with Chip Trainer. It's not in the middle of his first training camp at Ohio State as a linebacker currently in the two deep. That's, they're, they're not going to pull him out of that at this point. So if you're asking yourself, well, why would that not be in the cards? The situation is not desperate enough that Ohio State has to do that. And it may not ever get to that point because of the names that Byrne mentioned, uh, a Caleb Brown or Xavier Johnson that could – provide some assurance there. And Dallin Hayden, we've seen Ohio State freshman before, and this kid looks physically ready to help if need be. Um, I know that's a lot to pr- a lot of a lot of weight to put on it's, somebody's shoulder. It's the but, easiest position for a true freshman to make an impact yep. on the field. So when you have one that's a pretty good one, it's not like if you get down to that third spot, maybe you're looking for the fourth or fifth, but you're not looking for the third right now. You have the third already. I feel like in some ways we may have jinxed the Ohio State roster by – Talking about how healthy they've been. There's jinxes aren't real. Oh, they're not. No. no. It feels like a jinx. America, come on. <laughs> they are waiting on one more medical evaluation as we stand here for Snappy Jays on the podcast on a Tuesday morning. If we get more information and clarity on the severity of that, we will certainly provide that. But at this moment, we don't. So we'll hold off on that for the time being and we'll shift to what's going on with the defensive line where. Uh, Bill was walking around gathering all the information he could from Larry Johnson's rushman. I was. I thought you were, right? weren't you? I was bouncing around a little bit. The <laughs> the, 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 the thing, um, Ty Hamilton said that they can play fourteen guys. Yeah, seems high. I think. Well, that's no, you can't. <laughs> you can only put eleven on the field. You know, that's what I said. You go play a little. I actually, field, I actually saw play. Tennessee try and do that. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, the but Derek I, Dooley years were wild. <laughs> yeah, they were. There is a there is a lot of belief in the depth of, of this room, and, and I guess it's not surprising to hear that from these guys, given sort of what everyone else has said about them to this point. I really feel like the talk of the camp, honestly, even when we're talking the offensive position groups, has been how good this defensive line has been, especially compared to last year. Then these guys get out here, and they're sort of they're not they're not eager to boast about it. Like Jack Sawyer, I think, just kept you know, falling back on, oh, we're all working hard and like didn't want to say anything about how <laughs> things are going, which I, I sort of respect. I guess, you know, you know, don't talk about it, be about it kind of thing. Um, but you do get that vibe from this group that they, they feel like they're taking a step forward. I think the older guys, Jerron Cage and Teron Vincent in particular, feel like they're taking a step forward. Maybe that's bringing everybody along with them. But, you know, 14 is a crazy number. Larry Johnson said more like 10. 10 sounds pretty good to me. I, think, I think 12 if he was lucky. 12 if he was lucky. I think he can probably get to 10 or 10 or 11 as well. I think that what's interesting about that is that we know the key names at the top, but the guys that we keep hearing most about that just keep getting referenced 
are the Ty Hamiltons, the Mike Halls, the guys that were like, what about that guy? And they're like, yes, actually, that <laughs> one is actually better than we ever thought. Right. And so, you know, you know what you're going to get out of Jack Sawyer, I think. We saw, we've seen enough of him last year in the spring game. JT Tumaloa, we know what we're going to get. I talked to Zach Harrison a little bit and listening to him talk, and he just seemed like he's really relaxed this year. And I don't know if all of the expectations he of last year. He didn't look very relaxed when oh, he was staring you down. For that was actually year. hilarious. but <laughs> Also terrifying. Yeah, it was good. I mean, that's that's horror movie stuff. But he was in a situation a year ago where I think there was everyone expecting that huge leap. Like, okay, well, Zach's the captain now. We have to have someone step up and be that guy because Jack and JT are freshmen. And then Tyler was out. And then Javante was hurt. And then it's like all that pressure, I think, was just too much. And you saw, and Larry Johnson said it, that you know he sees a difference in Zach Harrison this year. Zach just said he's much more loose, playing much more relaxed. And again, I've, I've gone on record already on the show saying I think he's going to lead this team in sacks. And I, I just think that he's in for a really big year. And having some of that pressure removed because you have 10 guys, 11 guys, 12 guys, 86 defensive linemen, whatever, um, I, I think that there's an opportunity for some guys to have really big years. There's a, a pretty intriguing dynamic with that unit because of that combination of you say Jerron Cage, Jerron Vincent, that you can also throw Zach Harrison and Javante John Baptiste and Tyler Friday in there with veterans, established veterans. And we know how much Larry Johnson prefers to lean on those guys and, and to lead the unit and be the first ones out on the field. I've talked about this before. I think that Ohio State, when they're at their best, you're going to need Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolo out to provide that pass rush and play the largest volume of, of reps. Maybe I'll be wrong about that, but there is an interesting situation where at both defensive tackle and end, where you have seniors and upperclassmen, and at every spot on that front four, you have a freshman, a sophomore, a third-year guy who are just on this upswing that you can't deny. And I think that that's going to be difficult to manage for Larry Johnson. I know he likes to rotate. He may think that it's fine. It's ideally what he wants. I think it's going to be more challenging than years past where clearly Chase Young is not going to come off the field. Yeah. He need, he's going to play the most. Nick Bosa is going to play the most. Joey Bosa is going to play the most. Yeah, I think that it's going to be tougher to mount to manage that if there's two guys at any spot that need to play more, and it may have to come at the expense of someone who's spent four or five years with Larry Johnson. I mean, feelings might get hurt, I suppose, but Ohio State's not in a position to like not play its best players. I think they got caught up way too much in that last year as they were trying to figure out the defense, changing lines like it's a hockey team, and then right. the, the end result is that people are out there who don't know what they're doing. Um, and I think I think Jim Knowles preference runs a little against maybe what's been the preference here in the past. Like he, he, through multiple defensive coordinators, they've rotated on the D line. They've rotated on the back end, maybe a little bit at linebacker. I think Jim Knowles would more like to find like 11 to 14 guys that he just wants to play a lot. And I'm wondering if he's going to kind of like exercise that, that influence that he has on the defense. He is the coordinator. He's the head coach of the defense. Yeah. This is his show. I, and um, part of me is wondering if, if what you're describing might change a little bit because of his presence. I mean, that's football, right? Like, that's yeah. how it's always been. You have your starters, <laughs> and then you have the backups, right? But, like, that's right. always been Larry's thing. I don't have starters. Well, I don't know that that... I, I understand the confusion in this particular room, especially this year, because if you took, like, a blind survey, I think the percentage of guys, if you said, pick me the four best upside, the four best athletes, the four guys that you think have the highest potential, it would probably be 
Jack Sawyer, JT Tuomaloao, Mike Hall, and Tyleek Williams. Yep. So you have the four sophomores. You're like that. That group, I think, is the the highest upside. But you do have the opportunity to mix those guys in and rotate those guys around. And you do need to get Zach Harrison and Tyler Friday. Tyler Friday is a captain for a reason. They're going to count on him to be a leader of that group. But bottom line, the one thing that like makes feelings better it rings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like put a ring on your finger, and the feelings at the at January are going to feel a whole lot different. So win a championship for Pete's sake. The, I, I, the situation that comes into my mind in championship settings is that occasionally last year, Bill, you were talking about the line changes, and people noticed that, especially at linebacker. Uh, but there would be times where Ohio State would pin somebody with a punt, and your fate, you got somebody backed up inside their 10, and then you're seeing like the second or third team defensive line out there. That's a pressure situation. The field is tilted. That's where you should be trying to create a turnover, a sack that can score you two points, something aggressive. And I don't think that because of the rotation, well, it's this guy's turn. We're not going to pay attention to what the scenario or the down is. That that philosophy doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either. And I I, I really firmly believe, and maybe I'm, I'm reading a little too much into what I saw from Jim Knowles previously, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, will it happen against Arkansas State? And no offense to Toledo, Toledo. <laughs> oh my Probably. gosh, he did it again. Uh, I think they're going to. Here's the question, though. Here's the question. That is Jim Knowles' mo. Mm-hmm. Is that because he didn't have 25 a, guys that he could count mm-hmm. on? Yeah. Or is it because he didn't want to count on that many guys? And I think so I think it's probably a combination of both. He's talked at length in his times with the media. He got more toys than he's ever known what to do with. And so I think there is this like draw to say, oh, I got all these parts. I can do all these things. And sometimes you just got to keep it simple, stupid. You know what I mean? And and last year we saw it over and over. It wasn't just the time that players were running out there that we in the media or fans are going, why is that guy out there right now? But you saw players who were getting ready to go into a game thinking they were in getting pulled back. <laughs> and then you saw coaches not knowing who was on the field. And then you saw all this all the time on the field. And so I think that there is a a fear and a worry that if you allow yourself to start getting into that ultra heavy rotation again, that guys just can't figure out where they fit. And in a defense like this, it's brand new, three new defensive coaches. Like you better know where guys fit. If only there was an acronym that would make it easier for them to understand the keeping it simple, stupid philosophy. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. <laughs> Perfect. That's a word we should leave it on snappy J's. Um, anything else that you guys wanted to get in before we head out of here? Um, Got some things about uh, Jack Leo position. Oh, let's hear it. I yeah. think it's, it is the it is the new bullet. I, I think so. I don't I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. Although I do, I think when Jim Knowles came here, there might have been a thought that like he wasn't going to do that because this is a four down defense. I think they're going to do it. I yeah. think they're going to run Jim Knowles' defense. Uh, the three names that Larry Johnson said were Jack Sawyer, not surprising, Javante Jean Baptiste, and uh, Palie Nooteote, which I thought was an interesting third addition there. I would not have guessed the third. Yeah, and I think it's really just Jack, but... Uh, <laughs> well, right, they, they just need, they, they they rotated in everyone else. I mean, it used to be Mitchell Melton, then it was Caden Curry, then yeah, it was... Uh, I, I, I think the secret third would be Caden Curry. I, yeah. I have a hard time believing that Neoteote would be... If, if, they got to, if they needed a third Jack, which they probably don't, I can't imagine that that's where it would If be you done. go and watch Oklahoma State from a year ago and you watch the freshman linebacker slash whatever he was, Colin Oliver... Oh, Oliver. Like, that's Caden Curry to me. Like, that sort of insane, like, motor energizer bunny. So, I agree. I think he's probably the guy that if something happens and they need to throw a, a wrench, I think it's him. Um, other than that, I mean, today I think it's just great to see 
Ty Hamilton out here and getting the love that he, you know, has been sort of deserving a little bit. Uh, and just kind of nice to watch Teron Vincent and Jaron Cage, like understand that their role might be changing. And that was sort of the, the view I got from them that they, of course, they want to play. They want to be on the field. But I don't think that there was a, any sense of this is my last chance. I have to be the guy. I mean, I think they've realized there's some really talented dudes on this uh, defensive line that are waiting to play. I think Larry has been here long enough to avoid the scenario that played out for Jim Knowles when he called Sonny Styles a secret weapon. Like, he underst- he he can't say Caden Curry is going to be Correct. a jack without 100 headlines coming out, so he knows that. I think that was probably a deliberate omission. And <laughs> just one more thing, like as we talk about rotation, the one position where Jim Knowles did rotate was that position. He had basically two guys, and Colin Oliver was like a passing down maniac, led the team in sacks, as one of the one of the top sack guys in the country. But, but he didn't play every down. Yeah. I think he only played like 300 snaps. But we're year. in no hurry. We can sit here and talk all day. What else do you want to talk about? Hmm. Well, let's save it for the podcast daily. Okay. If you haven't seen that, it comes out every morning. You don't want to miss it. It's on the podcast. We tweet it out. Uh, there might be other ways to get that content coming soon. I'm still looking for a recruiting writer at Rivals. I hope to have one very soon for you all. Stay tuned. Could be a five-star. I don't know. I'm working really hard on it. I'm trying to close the deal. Uh, that's Berm. Mm. Mm. That's me. That is him. Oh, interesting. That's Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. This has been Snappy Jays. Thanks for joining us for Snap Judgments. We will see you again in here in the Woody on Thursday as Ohio State training camp rolls along.